This is Generation Justice, a multiracial project that trains youth to harness the power of community through media, narrative, and critical consciousness. I'm Barbara Ramirez. We want to remind you that this program broadcasts from the rightful lands of the Tiwa people. This evening, we are so excited to bring you a special edition of Generation Justice. We bring you part of the recording of the 2022 Leaders for Change Fellowship Celebration. This summer, Generation Justice, in partnership with five youth-serving organizations, led a group of youth ages 13 to 25 in the Leaders for Change Fellowship. This is the first of its kind in our state. We are so proud to have partnered with the Santa Fe Indian School Leadership Institute, Learning Action Buffet in Las Cruces, Moving Arts Española, Partnership for Community Action, and Equality New Mexico. I was a co-facilitator this summer, and it makes me feel so inspired to hear the presentations that we share with you tonight. The fellows learned from local and national experts, conducted research, and prepared to share this essential information with all of you. The first fellow presenters you will hear are Cheyenne Weaver from Partnership for Community Action, who will speak on social determinants of health, Diana Ramirez from Generation Justice, who speaks about this and misinformation, as well as media justice and literacy. Then, Yves Nañez from the Santa Fe Indian School Leadership Institute and Mallory Martinez from Moving Arts Española bring us the facts on the deadly and disabling COVID-19 virus. I will now hand it to Generation Justice Director and Lead Facilitator of the Leaders for Change Fellowship, Roberta Rael. You are here today to listen to the Leaders for Change Fellows, a brand new fellowship that comes from the narrative shift partnership that Generation Justice leads. And the purpose of this fellowship is to bring young people into the center and to uplift young people's voices in a number of different arenas. This morning, we're focusing on young people learning about narrative shift, media justice, media literacy, and health equity. That's what this morning's presentation, you're going to be able to listen and hear, as well as, and I'm so excited for this, we're unveiling a youth-curated, created social media campaign on vaccine equity. This wouldn't happen without a number of people offering heart and soul and love. And um, I wanna mention all of our partners that are part of this narrative shift uh, partnership. Um, the Santa Fe Indian School Leadership Institute, uh, which is led by Regis Pecos. Um, and those of us who've been around for a minute in this state know that uh, Governor Peckles has been dedicating his life to the development of young people for over 20 years and to be able to partner together to share information curriculum and uh, strength is something very um, that I'm, I'm just so happy about. The other uh, partners include Moving Arts Española. Um, 
young people in lots of creativity and amazing leadership from Española coming into this space uh, after, after building relationships uh, for a couple of years with Moving Arts. And um, the Partnership for Community Action, a well-known advocacy organization that works more than, uh, throughout the state, more than just in uh, the central region of New Mexico. And hailing all the way from Las Cruces is the Learning Action Buffet led by Dr. Michelle Valverde and um, young people learning about, again, utilizing creativity uh, with social justice analysis. We also have partnership with Equality New Mexico. We're so grateful for all of the training that they came in and did with us this summer. And this uh, year we, we brought in a partnership with Future Focused Education. Um, all of these are youth serving organizations. And then we have policy organizations, including New Mexico Voices for Children, as well as the governor's office, children, um, children's cabinet, we have some national partners, including Media Justice, and we've also been um, so happy to be able to learn from Dr. Joan Donovan from the Harvard Sorenstein Research Center. Again, what you're going to hear today include presentations on social determinants of health, health equity, disinformation, racialized disinformation, media ownership, which is basically how Generation Justice teaches media literacy. Young people learned in depth about COVID-19, the current state of this pandemic, vaccines, vaccine equity, and what we can be doing related to the current variants and, and impacts of long COVID. We're asking today just some norms for our celebration. Um, we're having many young people present at my age and also just age and life experience, but also the last three years, um, this practice has been cemented even as more important to me. So it's important that I acknowledge and I thank the people who have actually made this all happen. I wanna take this time that's precious to me to just acknowledge and thank people. So I wanna start first of all with the Generation Justice staff. Uh, Barbara Ramirez has been the co-facilitator this entire summer, an amazing, amazing young leader uh, that you will hear from later. Um, but there's lots of folks in the background that didn't always get to spend time with young people, but we wouldn't be where we are at in this fellowship without all of the support. So Kyle Gonzalez, VNA, Krista, Heather, Madhu, and Sunny. Thank you so much for showing up the way you show up, for believing in the work that we do and uh, continuing to produce radio when Barbara and I are um, engaged in the fellowship for um, keeping the dots dotted, the T's crossed and everything else that needs to happen at every level operations and admin. So thank you. Also want to thank the primary funders of this vaccine equity effort. 
uh, the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau. Um, incredible training came from them uh, as well, and also the Better Together grant program. So thank you all. Thank you for being here today. The Conalma Health Foundation, helping us teach young people about social determinants of health and uh, the way that Conalma sees health equity in New Mexico. And then additional funders for Generation Justice, the WKKF Foundation, Annie E. Casey Foundation, the city of Albuquerque. Thank you to all of our funders as well as our donors. We have some distinguished guests this morning with us. We have... Um, Sylvia from uh, U.S. Senator Martin Heinrich's office is joining us from Las Cruces, and the Las Cruces people are so happy to have you here today with us, as we all are. Um, we have parents in the room with us, and parents absolutely deserve uh, to be appreciated this morning and this afternoon as their children, young people, family members present. Um, this is all you and, and us being able to work with your children is a blessing to all of us. We have uh, Generation Justice ambassadors, guide, guide star folks that come in and help us whenever we need help and support. And I, I'm not gonna mention all of you, you know who you are. Um, I'm so grateful to have this moment to share with you because this is also your work. And then we have uh, young people who were not part of this fellowship, who um, wanted to come in and celebrate with uh, the young people presenting, and then our other community members who have also given so much support. I wanna give an, a special thank you to Senator Linda Lopez, Senator Jerry Ortiz Pino, and Senator Pope, who have continued to make sure that efforts like this have some support and funding. And so thank you for giving me the opportunity to give gratitude and to express the, the gratitude, which is so important and necessary for the work that we do. And now you get to hear from you. Good morning, everyone. My name is Shine Weaver. I am 23 years old. My pronouns are she, her. I'm an alumni of the University of New Mexico, receiving my Bachelor's of Arts in English and Africana Studies, and I will be a first year graduate student for a master's degree program at the University of Houston, Texas in the fall. I live on Tiwan land, also known as Albuquerque. I'm representing Partnership for Community Action and the Leaders for Change Fellowship. And I identify as a black woman who has been transplanted to New Mexico. What I personally value about New Mexico is our strength as a community. Because we are a minority majority state, there's an incredible importance that is placed upon our strength as a community and our ability to work together. What I love about New Mexico is our beautiful sunsets, mountains, and our Rio Grande. As an avid hiker, I love all the different terrains that we have here and enjoy the vast amount of nature-related activities that are available to me. As a Leader for Change Fellow, one of the topics that I'm going to share with you all this morning are the social determinants of health. Thank you to Dr. Dolores Roy Ball and Mr. Enrique Cardiel who presented a training on this topic. And thank you to the Con Alma Health Foundation. So what are the social determinants of health? Social determinants of health are the non-medical factors that include health outcomes. They are the conditions in which people are born, 
grow, work, live, and age, and the wider set of forces and systems shaping the conditions of daily life. These forces and systems include economic policies and systems, development agendas, social norms, social policies, and political systems. Social determinants of health are linked to lack of opportunity and resources to protect, improve, and maintain health. Taken together, these factors create health inequities. These types of health disparities that stem from unfair and unjust systems, policies, and practices, and limit access to the opportunities and resources needed to live the healthiest life possible. Social determinants of health are incredibly important, especially for community like Albuquerque and Mexico as a state itself. If you want some additional learning or information, you can go to the cdc.gov website or go to the ConElma Health Foundation website to learn more. All of this knowledge has become available to me because of the Leaders for Change Fellowship. What has changed for me as a result of this fellowship is increased awareness about the issues that affect New Mexico as a state and its people. I've always known it's important to be active in your community and now I understand that fact even more. Thank you again to Dr. Dolores Royball, Ms. Enrique Cardiel, and the Con Elma Health Foundation. Hello, everyone. My name is Gianna Ramirez, and I am 16 years old. My pronouns are she, her, hers, and I identify as Novo Mexicana Chicana and second generation Mexican American. I also have Indigenous blood on both sides of my family. I am from and currently living on Indigenous Tewa land here in Albuquerque, New Mexico, where I attend El Dorado High School and will be a junior this fall. I'm representing Generation Justice, who I've been with now for about three years. My core values and something that I really love about New Mexico is our love and resiliency. Through a past where our people and our traditions were harmed and silenced, we have really cultivated a sense of love and resiliency. Through our resiliency as a community and as a state as a whole, the love that we have for each other and for this land really makes it such a beautiful place and somewhere I'm proud to call home. This summer, we learned about disinformation, media ownership, and corporate media, along with its immense influence. We also learned about the importance of media justice as a source of not only liberation, but also as a way to combat disinformation. This information was also given to us as a way to prepare for a vaccine equity campaign that we also worked on this summer. I want to thank and acknowledge the fantastic national trainers who came in and taught us about disinformation, media ownership, corporate media influence, and media justice. The experts who came in to teach us about these critically important topics and issues were Ramsha Sahid from Media Justice, Janine Jackson from FAIR and the Counterspin Productions, and the Disinformation Defense League. I'd also like to thank some special guests here today. Thank you, Dr. Joan Donovan and the Harvard Kennedy School Shorenstein Research Center for all of your support and dedication to combating disinformation. And I'd also like to thank the national organization Media Justice for all of your continued support and for all of the work that you are doing to cultivate a media that is equitable and liberating for everyone. Disinformation and media justice is a core issue that we focused on. As part of this issue, we learned about the difference between disinformation, racialized disinformation, and misinformation. Disinformation is defined as information that is deliberately false or misleading, often spread for political gain, profit, or to discredit a target individual, group, movement, or even political party. 
racialized disinformation is built upon disinformation and our campaigns that strategically use fake or fake racial or ethnic identities and our focus on race as a divisive issue to polarize groups of people. Misinformation is just a bit different. And that is defined as information whose inaccuracy is unintentional and often spread unknowingly. Understanding disinformation was incredibly important to us this summer as the impact it can have on our communities is really drastic. Disinformation works on many levels, which also means that it can impact so many different areas of our lives. This also means that disinformation can impact our government, our democracy, the way we talk about various issues and also our voices. Disinformation is a major issue and can cause harm in so many different ways. However, on a bigger picture, we as a fellowship ask, well, why is it such an issue and why is it so widely spread? Corporate media has immense influence within the United States. The influence of corporate media has led to a loss of local media and this cycle of disinformation to really thrive within this um, country as a whole. This also includes social media because it is all connected to large corporations. Due to corporate media having such a large influence and also funding disinformation on such a mass scale, media justice is more important than ever. Media justice is all about giving the power and having the power of the media within the hands of the people. And it allows our own stories, our own narratives and what we wanna share to be shared without the influence or any control of the corporate media and of large corporations. I now wanna share a little bit of my own experience learning about disinformation over the past few years and what really made this summer so different. I have learned about disinformation and the importance of media justice throughout my time here with Generation Justice. However, this summer was so different and I learned so much more than I could have ever imagined. Even though I felt I had a little bit of a grasp on disinformation, I got to expand on that in such a deep way. With disinformation and media justice also comes an understanding of the importance of critically thinking and knowing how to do that within the media. As a youth, my media is full of disinformation. I see what disinformation has done and how it has impacted my friends, my family, and my community as a whole. From the information I gained this summer, I really feel prepared to do my own research and look into events happening within my community, within the state or within the country, and be able to do that on my own and how to do it. Understanding that I must always question the media and go to many sources to find information is something that I will always be aware of due to this summer and due to the information that we got. I feel I have already begin at, begun asking the critical questions of the media, like who is speaking in this piece? Who wrote this piece? What narrative is being shared? And also who should be included in this, but isn't. This way of thinking and overall consciousness within the media I receive is something that I have never learned about in school. And so I'm incredibly grateful for this fellowship opportunity because I've learned about so many different topics and media literacy on a way and in a way that is completely absent from my school curriculum. Along with these media skills, I have learned so much through my leadership role this fellowship. As a lead this summer, I have grown in my own leadership through practicing facilitation, implementing PYD, and overall just supporting the other youth in their own growth as well.
Throughout this fellowship, we got to learn about disinformation on such a deep level. And I'm so thankful for that because it's such a core issue and something that impacts each of us. Experts on disinformation and media justice shared their perspectives with us and their wisdom. And we as youth had the opportunity to collaborate with them and with people from across not only the state, but also the country. And that's really amazing. We also got to discuss and examine various issues from a critical and media justice lens. As a result of this fellowship, I will forever carry the knowledge and wisdom brought to us youth by the national trainers, the GJ team, and of course the fellows. Each of us had our own stories, our own knowledge to share with each other, and the immense wisdom that everyone in this space had this summer is something that I am so grateful for and I'm so glad we got to collaborate. I want to thank the GJ team, Roberta, Barbara, and everyone behind the scenes for making this summer so beautiful and something that I will always carry with me. I want to also thank my family for all of their support and everyone here today. Thank you for investing in us by hearing us and supporting our program this summer and for all of your incredible work that you are each doing to cultivate both a better present and a future. Thank you. That was awesome, Gina. Good morning, everyone. My name is Evangeline Nanez. I am 21 years old. I use any pronouns and I am a tribal member of the Pueblo of Akama. I am here today as part of Generation Justice's Leaders for Change Fellowship, participating with Santa Fe Indian Schools Leadership Institute. I'm here today with Mallory Martinez to discuss COVID-19 information and vaccination efforts within the state of New Mexico and how New Mexico has been combating the ongoing pandemic. Some of the things that I love about New Mexico uh, are the sand and the sun and being able to look outside and see the Sandian mountains looking right back at me every morning. I love being from a place that has such delicious cuisine that sparks conversation and connects people together. I love New Mexico so much and that is why I care enough to be concerned about our home when I see that communities and places are suffering. I'm concerned with our lack of quality healthcare for everyone in the state, regardless of socioeconomic status, as well as numerous other issues such as affordability of nutritious foods, economic support of needy families, natural resource protection, and gun violence. New Mexico is a beautiful place and is not defined by these issues, but it is important to recognize where more attention and intention is needed in the state. Um, now I'll pass it to Mallory to introduce herself. Thank you, Eve. Hello, everyone. My name is Mallory Martinez. I am from Española, New Mexico, and I am 17 and will be going into my senior year at Española Valley High. My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as Hispanic. The cohort that I am with and will be representing today is Moving Arts Española. Something that I love and value about New Mexico is our peaceful summer noises. I enjoy going outside and hearing the birds and the wind. Something that concerns me about New Mexico is how many people I see not wearing masks. So I just feel that it's very important for young people like myself to understand how severe COVID is and the long-term effects and the solutions so we can understand the importance of masking up. Um, at this moment, I would like to take the time to recognize our trainers, um, Dr. Miranda Durnham, Dr. Yepa, pharmacist Courtney Lovato, and Rabia Khan. Thank you for training us on this on COVID and taking the time to come speak with us. 
These trainers have really helped shape this presentation and influenced us so much. Thank you, trainers. Now I will be getting into our topics. So today I want to inform you all about how the COVID vaccine works. The COVID vaccine is an mRNA vaccine. An mRNA vaccine injects enough proteins into your deltoid that will make your immune system see that something foreign is in your body. Our bodies are so amazing that your immune system will fight it off. So I just wanna clarify that the vaccine is safe. A lot of people have misconceptions and worries about getting the vaccine and feel that it will interfere with their DNA have long side effects, and some who have even gotten COVID and weren't vaccinated feel that they don't need the vaccine. I just wanna clear up that your DNA is stored in the nucleus and the vaccine does not go anywhere near the nucleus when injected. When it comes to side effects, they typically show up right away and very rarely will side effects show up after six weeks. The reason a person should get a vaccine, even though they've already had COVID, is that they're not sure how many antibodies were in their body being produced at the time they had COVID, and the virus is always changing. Due to the virus always changing, it's important to get the booster. The booster is used to help increase a person's immune response, and it is very helpful for immune-compromised individuals because of their weaker immune systems. I myself am very blessed to have my great-grandparents, and I encourage them to get their boosters. It's important for them, not just because they're getting older, but because it will increase their immune response. I would like to talk about treatments, therapeutics, and medications for COVID. Before I was a part of this fellowship, I had no idea that COVID could be treated. If done properly and with the proper medications, it can be, it cannot just help someone with COVID, but it could also save their life. UvShield, oral meds, and IV meds can treat COVID. UvShield is available for people who are immune compromised and can be used in addition to vaccines. Oral meds are used for people ages 12 and older who are not hospitalized and who are high risk of getting very sick. It's important to remember oral treatments need to be taken within five days of starting symptoms. IV meds are also for people 12 ages and older and who are not hospitalized. IV treatments have to be given within 10 days of starting symptoms. I hope this informed you as much as it has informed me. On that note, I will pass it to my partner, Eve. Thank you, Mallory, for talking about COVID-19 vaccines and other COVID treatments. Um, that information provides a nice segue into our next topic of variants. Uh, the Omicron BA5 variant is now the predominant variant infecting individuals in the US, and it spreads more easily than previous variants in the Omicron lineage. BA5 does not create the partial immunity that we saw previously with other variants, and individuals are susceptible to reinfection even after becoming sick. Reinfection is very dangerous because scientists have seen that with each COVID reinfection, your risk of stroke, heart attack, diabetes, and long-term cognitive impairment significantly increases. The effects of this variant also significantly impact your chances of developing long COVID. However, despite this alarming information, getting updated on vaccinations, as Mallory said, can help mitigate infection and reduce your chances of becoming sick with BA5. Focusing on long COVID, long COVID is the term that describes the, COVID the damage that COVID-19 virus inflicts on the body long after infection has ceased. The wide array of symptoms can include dizziness, body aches, digestive issues, brain fog, anxiety, shortness of breath, headaches, and other neurological complications. 
Because this array is very large, um, it can be difficult to identify. Even if you are asymptomatic or experience mild symptoms with the BA5 variant, you are still highly susceptible to developing long COVID. Um, because BA5 is more transmissible, wearing a KN95 or N95 mask is now the best way to protect yourself when it comes to choosing the right mask to wear. While any mask is better than no mask, it's important to wear the best quality possible to ensure some safety in protecting yourself against COVID-19. Awesome, Eve, thank you. Um, at the beginning of this summer, we were all asked to take the UNM School of Medicine Prevention Research Center Vaccine Confidence Survey. This survey was not taken by a lot of youth, so we were very lucky to have this opportunity to do the survey. I would like to share with you some statistics from the survey. At the time of the survey, 11 fellows have had COVID. It was difficult to get a vaccine appointment was the number one reason it was hard to get the vaccine. I would like to just add that you can go to cv.nmhealth.org to learn more about COVID vaccine appointments. Sadly, 19 fellows have known someone who has gotten seriously ill or who has died due to COVID, which helps us understand that getting the vaccine to protect the health of friends and family was the number one motivation to get vaccinated. Eight fellows think that the vaccine is somewhat safe or not safe at all. But this is understandable because 10 fellows have heard or seen negative information about the vaccine in the past. Um, now I would like to talk about what New Mexico did well during the pandemic. And one thing that I feel they did well was the mask mandate. And I remember when I heard that masks were being mandated, I felt that the zombie apocalypse was among us and I was very worried. But wearing a mask and seeing others wear masks made me feel so much better. Similarly with Mallory, um, I also appreciated how essential businesses like grocery stores and supermarkets and stated the six feet distancing as part of their prevention plan. Um, I remember waiting in line with my mother to get groceries for the first time and feeling very fearful of those spaces, but felt somewhat safer having that distance between everyone. Um, using that, um, we can kind of start to go into other information that we think is relevant to present about this topic and that is recognizing um, the, the powerful act that the Pueblos here did um, in taking these effective safety practices against COVID and implementing them. Um, and because of this, they were able to effectively reduce the spread. Um, early on, the Pueblos recognized the severity of the virus and how masking and distancing were effective measures to combat the spread. Um, they locked down the Pueblos and urged community members to isolate themselves and wear masks to help protect each other. And by placing the importance of community on why we should wear masks, get vaccinated, and distance ourselves, Pueblo folks were very effective at keeping cases low and keeping people from getting sick. Um, we'd like to acknowledge some special guests in the room with us. So thank you, New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau and Better Together Grant Program for being with us today and listening to myself and Mallory discuss COVID-19 in New Mexico and the new information that we learned during this fellowship about different variants and how we can adapt to these changes. It's so powerful to be informed about these matters and I appreciate you taking the time to listen to young people and their concerns about COVID. Closing up, um, I guess some of the things that changed for me in this fellowship was my commitment to wearing a mask, um, especially in spaces that were outside my home, outside. Um, 
and the level of information that I knew about COVID-19 and how it affects us. I really enjoyed our focus on vaccine equity within this fellowship. It really helped to solidify my drive of continuing to do equity work uh, to improve access to resources in my community. Awesome. Um, so what changed for me as a result of this fellowship um, was the way I practiced COVID safety and the way I view COVID. Um, I sanitize more often now and wear a mask. Like for example, when I go work at Moving Arts with my colleagues, um, I was so glad to learn more about the vaccines, which is something I heard a lot of misinformation about. And um, with that, I would like to thank all of you guys for taking the time out of your day to join us. I appreciate you all being here and listening to uh, me and Eve speak about COVID, which has been um, a topic that's very important to us. And that's been a big part of this fellowship. Thank you guys. Yes, thank you everyone for taking the time out of your day to listen to us present and discuss these topics that have been super important to us throughout this fellowship. This concludes uh, Mallory and I's part of today's presentations. And I hope that this information has been very insightful and useful to everyone. I really appreciate you taking the time to hear what we have to say and give us this space and opportunity um, to discuss what is important to us. Like the Leaders for Change fellows mentioned, the variant BA5 does not create the partial immunity that we saw with other variants. This means that individuals are susceptible to reinfection shortly after becoming sick. So here's what you can do. The FDA and CDC have approved a new bivalent booster, or better known as the Omicron booster shot, which specifically targets Omicron variants. It is now available for those 18 and older as a booster shot that can be received after the primary mRNA doses. Remember, this Omicron bivalent dose is a booster shot and not a primary dose. So you need to get vaccinated if you haven't and then boosted with this new Omicron booster. If you need to get up to date with your vaccination, visit vaccinenm.org and schedule your appointment today. Masks are still shown to reduce the risk of contracting and transmitting COVID-19. Visit cdc.gov for more information on adequate masks and mask up New Mexico. That's it for our vaccine equity segment. Please stay safe and look out for our community. You're listening to Generation Justice, broadcasting on 89.9 KUNM-FM. Tonight, we learn from the Leaders for Change Fellowship cohort. I'm so excited about what you're about to hear. It's now time for our fellows to share everything about their vaccine social media campaign, Protect Your Hood NM. The youth of New Mexico designed the graphics and wrote the language for this social media campaign, especially for you. To learn more about the campaign, you can visit protectyourhoodnm.org. Again, that's protectyourhoodnm.org. To learn more, visit protectyourhoodnm.org. Again, protectyourhoodnm.org.
I also invite you to go to our Instagram page right now to look at the campaign visuals that are being posted live. Our Instagram page is Generation Justice. Now you'll hear the voice of fellows Saviana Moya from Generation Justice, Elias Garay from Learning Action Buffet, Ariana Cordova from Generation Justice, Maritza Avalos from Partnership for Community Action, and Marina Vasconcelos from Learning Action Buffet. Hello and welcome to everybody. My name is Saviana Moya. I'm 14 years old. My pronouns are she, her, and I identify as Chicana. I come from Albuquerque and I'm representing Generation Justice today. My favorite thing about New Mexicans is our pride. Despite all the negative narratives about New Mexico, we're still resilient and incredibly prideful to be from this beautiful, beautiful community and call it our own. One of the many things we have done this summer was create a youth curated vaccine equity social media campaign. We wanted to make sure the campaign centered New Mexico and our unique communities and culture. I want to acknowledge the different trainers who came in to teach us about how to use Canva, create messages, and how to put together a successful social media campaign. Carmelita Archuleta from Moving Arts Española, Equality New Mexico, and Generation Justice, who have created multiple social, social media campaigns in the past. And a big thank you to the New Mexico Department of Health Infectious Disease Bureau, the Kona Elmai Health Foundation, and the Better Together for believing in us as youth to put together a social media campaign developed and designed by New Mexican youth. All of the Generation Justice Narrative Shift partners participated in creating many social media messages and the posts that we will start to send out next week. Our strategy is that we have a dedicated website, protectyourhoodnm.org, where the youth curated social media posts, captions, and tweets will be launched from. Another huge part of our strategy was making sure that the campaign is cohesive. We all decided that blue and yellow would be the colors to represent the campaign. Blue symbolizes trust and yellow symbolizes, optimi symbolizes optimism. We felt these values resonate with all of our personal values and our important factors in vaccine equity. All of you are more than welcome to check out the website live August 1st at protectyourhoodnm.org and we invite you to use our hashtag also protect your hood NM where the, when the campaign launches. Our wonderful partners will then get the messages from this website that we will push out during each month. Each month has a theme that you will soon hear about and our messages and posts will continue through the rest of the year. Today, you get to see a small sample of our youth curated and created posts. There are many, many more that we have created for our community safety. Now you'll hear from Elias, the representative from the August campaign group. Enjoy. Hello, everyone. I am Elias Garay, a 17-year-old who is about to enter NMSU this fall. I am a New Mexican who resides in Las Cruces, and I am so glad that New Mexico is such a glorious melting pot of different cultures and traditions that combine together to make it what it is. I am concerned about some of the things in the rural areas not getting enough supplies for daily living. But I am glad that the vaccine was spread so effectively throughout the state. I was part of the August team who had the theme of back to school and consisted of myself, Scarlett, Gianna, Jonathan, Andres, and Saviana. 
And this first image is marketed towards the parents of middle school and elementary school children who send their children to school on the bus with the slogan, staying safe on the bus is good for all of us. This is so that they can make sure that their children are as safe as they can be on the small crowded space that is a school bus. This next one is marketed more towards high school and college students who place great emphasis on their prom, homecoming, and other dances that their school hosts and operates. With Parent Advance, you can continue dance is the slogan for this one. Again, it is so that small crowded spaces such as dances can maintain their utmost safety, especially with such uh, high risk groups such as high schoolers and college students. Thank you all for coming. And I love that we got to do all this so that we can continue making New Mexico the safest place it can be. All right. Um, hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Ariana Cordova. I use she, her pronouns. And I am 19 years old. And I'm going to be a sophomore this coming fall at UNM, where I'm going to be studying speech and hearing science. Um, I identify as Nova Mexicana Chicana, and I am here today representing Generation Justice. Um, and like all of us here, I'm coming from a place of deep love and admiration for our state of New Mexico. Part of what I love the most about living here is our deep sense of community and pride. We're a very diverse state, um, like Elias said, a melting pot. And each of us find great pride in our cultural backgrounds and differences while still being able to appreciate each other in full. Um, and I absolutely believe that New Mexico is a beautiful place, both through its physicality and values. And today I'm representing the September campaign group. Um, alongside myself, our group members were Zio Jirael, Antonio Cruz, and Alicia Moya. And for our month, we decided on a dual theme campaign covering both Labor Day and Labors and also National Comic Book Day. And moving into the graphics that we created uh, for this first one, we decided to create something modeling that you might see on a comic book panel. We created a couple of slogans and added them to the panel. Um, the effort against COVID continues. And hero by day, hero by night, it's time for all to join the fight. And then just because it isn't my kryptonite doesn't mean it isn't someone else's, which is a reference to immunocompromised people and just staying aware that even though you might not be um, at full risk of getting super sick, um, from COVID, there are people around you that are, and it's always necessary to stay conscious of that. Um, and we added a couple of reminders to get vaccinated towards the bottom. And the caption that we created to go alongside this reads, uh, September 25th is National Comic Book Day. Be like your favorite heroes and keep your community safe by joining the effort against COVID and ensuring you're vaccinated. And then I added in a couple of links just to give people some more information. So the second one um, is intended to be the first slide of a larger creation. Um, it reads, it's National Comic Book Day. Um, it's time to honor our everyday heroes. Uh, we created this for a post that would uh, detail New Mexican healthcare workers um, and their hard work combating COVID during the pandemic. And this combines our themes of honoring our laborers as well as National Comic, uh, Comic Book Day. And um, I just want to thank everyone for being here, um, giving us the space to speak and to share all this stuff that we worked uh, very hard on. And Thank you so much, Adi, and hello to everyone again. Um, my name is Saviana, and I'm the representative for the October campaign. Our theme for October is Halloween, 
The messaging is geared toward younger youth and parents with activities like trick-or-treating, festivals, and plenty of other family outings. We felt it was important to remind our communities to be safe during this festive time of year. Our group, Jessica Arevalo, Emilio Bovale, Mallory Martinez, and I, Saviana Moya, carefully curated messaging that is encouraging and supportive. Here are some examples of graphics and captions that our group created. So this one on the screen says, get a treat, get vaccinated. Halloween is here. For many people, it is the best time of year. With, with all the fun, costumes, candy, and gatherings, what's not to look forward to? Let's scare COVID and stay safe this Halloween. This one says, don't be spooked, get vaccinated to protect yourself against COVID. Stay safe this Halloween and get vaccinated. Kids as young as six months are eligible for the COVID-19 vaccine. And you can find more information at New Mexico Department of Health. We incorporated our month's theme as well as the main theme to tie it all together. It's important to have everything be uniform and united. Personally, I'm so happy to be in part of something so impactful. I love that this allowed me to do something about my community's health and safety. I know that this campaign will provide resources for many New Mexicans so they can take care of themselves. My pride for this state is strong and it's been amazing to be able to bring that into the work we have done and to also share that pride with the other fellows. I'm so proud of everyone's work this summer and thank you all so much for your time today. Hello everyone, my name is Marieta Rodriguez Avalos. I'm 19 years old. My pronouns are she, her, hers. I identify as first-generation Mexican-American and a little bit more about myself is that this upcoming fall, I will be going on to my second year at the University of New Mexico studying biology and minoring in Spanish. I would also say my greatest value is faith. I'm here representing Peace Partnership for Community Action. I'm also a part of the West Mesa community here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Something that I really like about our state is the rich cultural diversity it has, as well as its various recreational options and its abundance of natural beauty. Today, I will also be presenting to you all two of the many November campaign messages that my group came up with. My group members were Yves Nanez, Lourdes Avalos, Celeste Lucero, and myself, Marieta Rodriguez Avalos. We decided to incorporate family gatherings and Native American Heritage Month as the main topics of influence for vaccine equity in our messages, since this was something we all believed tied well within this month. Both of the presentations mentioned in the introduction were a great help as my group started to develop our messages. Our main focus with creating these messages was making each of the graphics fit with the social media platform it was designed for, as well as keeping the messages multiracial. A little bit behind our overall process, to begin with our ideas, we started by looking for some type of phrase or source of inspiration. And from there, we all pitched in many ideas and thoughts. And once we had a pretty long list of options, we started with narrowing down what topic fit within what category of social media platform, as well as keeping each message short in order to captivate the intended audience's attention. One of the ones that my group was eager to share with all of you guys, and this graphic ties with Native American Heritage Month, and by incorporating these different yet strong images, we all ended up agreeing that it would help the message stick to the audience. Honor your ancestors and protect your loved ones this November by getting boosted and wearing a mask. A mask. The other post we wanted to share was based on family gatherings. Since we all agreed that November is when families start to travel and gather for the holidays, we all agreed that it did its job with influencing its main idea. Family gatherings are for family and friends, not for COVID-19. Don't let COVID-19 into your home, update your vaccine, and wear a mask.
these are just a couple of the November group messages that we created and we're very proud and eager for you guys to see the ones that are yet to be seen. This as well concludes this portion of this presentation. Thank you. Hi everyone. I'm Marina Vasconcelos. I'm 22 and I go by she, they. I identify as Hispanic and I am from California, but after moving to New Mexico at a young age to be closer to family, I now consider my home to be Las Cruces, which is on Piero Manso Tiwa and Mescalero Apache land. As a little kid, I didn't understand the desert that is New Mexico, but I learned to love um, the rich culture and community and beautiful landscape. I'm representing the Learning Action Buffet, aka the lab, and I'm an artist. I am fond of many mediums, but I really love drawing cartoons and making digital concept art, which I'd say is a good segue into my segment of the media campaign. Um, as a digital artist, I often get asked, um, especially by family members, to design graphics. The only thing is graphic design is a totally different ballpark from cartoons. Um, there are many different aspects to graphic design and I was not familiar with most of them. But presentations given to us by EQ&M, Moving Arts Española, and um, preparation from the GJ crew taught me that it not only takes art skills, but also requires things like effective language and audience awareness to create a successful campaign. Um, for this project, my group, Jamel Sanchez, Annie Quintana Edens, Isabel Rivera, and Cheyenne Weaver and myself were assigned the month of December. So we wanted to address getting vaccinated in order to celebrate the holiday festivities. Stay up to date. Vaccinate to celebrate a festive winter holiday, um, which we wanted to like hook in our audience's attention. We wanted to emphasize the importance of vaccines through scheduling an appointment um, while also um, providing the resources to back up our claims. Um, so we um, kind of laid out step by step on how to sign up on the DOH website um, while also providing a vaccine hotline number. And we also believe that all vaccines are important, of course, is a reminder to get a flu vaccine as well. Um, we just addressed um, winter break and how getting vaccinated allows for more fun with friends and family. Um, we provided resources to the DOH website and the vaccine hotline again. Um, I really enjoyed this project. It was fun working with my teammates and I really enjoyed brainstorming with them and seeing all their ideas come to life through our graphics. Um, it also allowed me to practice using Canva, which I had really been wanting to learn for a while. And I mean, generally speaking, being a part of this fellowship has been an amazing experience. And it not only helped me come out of my shell and helped me develop um, my presentation skills, but um, this fellowship has also provided a space for all of us to express our core values. And I think a really important core value, especially in this line of work, is to show empathy to others and being mindful. Um, for example, um, being in this fellowship has made me more mindful of mitigating when it comes to COVID 
especially because um, I feel people who are high risk are often forgotten and they deserve protection from us too. So, um, and then also I remember to have empathy, especially when I, when it comes to listening to people's personal stories and experiences. Um, with that, I would like to thank you all for coming to listen to our stories and our experiences and being invested in what the youth of New Mexico have to say. Thank you. easy for me to get emotional. As I mentioned, I was a co-facilitator for the Leaders for Change Fellowship, and it makes me so happy to see the fellows present in such a beautiful way. I am so happy that I get to continue changing the world next to each and every one of you. I love you, and I just want to say thank you. so much to all of our Leaders for Change fellows, to Generation Justice Director Roberta Rael, to all of our partners, the Santa Fe Indian School Leadership Institute, Learning Action Buffet, Moving Arts Española, Partnership for Community Action and Equality New Mexico. I want to thank our amazing funders and everyone who attended our fellowship celebration. Before we end our program tonight, DJ member Sunandita Santanam has exciting community events to share with you. That's right, Barbara. Here are some great community events to look out for this month. Interested in experiencing healing with community members? Look no further than the second annual Reiki Day of Healing Together, or Sanando Juntos, organized by our friends, the Sacred Spring Reiki Collective. This event will take place on September 24th at 722 Escada Boulevard Southwest from 12 p.m. to 6 p.m. To learn more about this healing space to let go of stress, look for Spring Reiki Collective on Facebook events. Join the Black Leadership Institute for their Bamoha 5K Race for Equity, bringing people of the city together to celebrate the resilience of our communities. Join them on September 25th, starting at 9 a.m. at 1258 Ortiz Boulevard Southeast. If the 5K isn't for you, there is a one-mile walk starting at 9.45 a.m. and a kids' walk starting at 10.15 a.m. For more information about this event, please visit nmblc.org slash PAMOJA. Dash 5k. Again, that's nmblc.org slash p-a-m-o-j-a dash 5k. That's all for our community calendar. 
please remember that as you venture out to these events and begin to enjoy the cooler weather, we are still in the midst of a global deadly and disabling pandemic. So it's important to continue to follow all safety protocols in order to keep you and others safe. We hope you've enjoyed this hour of youth leadership. We'd like to thank our Leaders for Change fellows, Cheyenne Weaver, Diana Ramirez, Eve Nanez, Mallory Martinez, Saviana Moya, Elias Garay, Ariana Cordova, Maritza Avalos, and Marina Vasconcelos for your wonderful presentations. Tonight's Hour of Radio was produced by Roberta Rael and myself, Barbara Ramirez, with production assistance from Madumita Santanam and Sunandita Santanam. We want to give a big shout out to all of our youth producers. We could not do what we do without you. Generation Justice would also like to thank KUNM for bringing the voices of young people to you, KUNM listeners. Our website is generationjustice.org, where you can check out all of our multimedia work and listen to our podcasts, which are also available on SoundCloud, Apple, and Google Podcasts. We're also active on social media, so find us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and follow our playlist on Spotify. Generation Justice is funded by the W.K. Kellogg Foundation, with additional funding from the Annie E. Casey Foundation, Con Alma Health Foundation, NMDOH, Better Together, and of course, all of you who have contributed to our project by visiting our website and clicking Donate. Our opening song is Youth of the Nation by P.O.D. I'm Barbara Ramirez. Coming up on KUNM is Spoken Words, so stay tuned and join us next Sunday at 7 o'clock. Have a great week, New Mexico, and stay safe.